it's a completely different thing when you hear your voice out loud versus like voicemail and then this podcast thing mm. it's a very pure vocal tone mm-hmm. so you know i um yeah what what podcast is this this is your podcast <laughs> no, no. It's the vintage love podcast. i'm crashing your podcast get out of here um, this is this is a co-production of ours it's yours but you mm-hmm. know um yeah I'm you're the here. conductor yeah, you, you make the the beautiful music. I'm the eclectic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the musician. Orchestra. There you go. Yeah. Um, you know, where was I? Oh, with the sound, I uh, I had to learn to appreciate it because obviously I do this a lot, mm-hmm. and sometimes I don't even listen back to the episodes. Okay, which is fine. But when um, I've learned how to listen to how I'm speaking as I'm speaking, mm-hmm. right? I've learned to enunciate. And I can tell when I'm... I haven't done an episode in a while because I'll go back and I'll realize that I'm mumbling. Oh, okay. So it's just, <laughs> I, you know, I enunciate a lot more. Yeah. But um, it's. I think it's a. it can be a good thing for sure. Yeah. And, and then you're aware of how much you say like, right? Oh, no. You can make a drinking game <clears throat> out of how much a person says like. Or, or it's like a death game, <laughs> depending on the person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really like drinking, go for it. No, I'm, I know. I, I, I'm not condoning that by any means. But basically, a lot of, I mean, a lot of people say like quite frequently. And someone told me yeah. that a few months ago. So I've been more conscientious about it. But that if you, I really get it? talking, yeah. Oh. If I really get talking, because um, we use it as a comparison like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. as a way to compare as a way to lead in or a way to set like an example of something sure i use it like that it makes sense and i don't see i don't know i mean i, I went to grad school with a lot of linguists and mm. they studied language and how it evolved and when you ask them what's the right way to say anything or say mm-hmm. this or say that they say that there is no right way to speak you you just yeah. speak and the way the way you speak is the way you speak right mm-hmm. so the whole idea of um speaking spanish say for example a certain way it's an idea of putting placing yourself above others mm-hmm. when in reality you speak how you speak yeah do i understand what you're saying is it a little bit different as to you know than how i than how i talk or speak or whatever word i want to use in that place in that gap there yeah yeah but is is it any less effective not necessarily but that's what sets us apart too because Mm -hmm. i i have an appreciation for grammar Mm. and (laughs) Mm -hmm. i have appreciation for grammar and i have an appreciation for um like a well-spoken conversation or whatever but not in a judgmental sense. I just have an appreciation for it. And then um, and then I think that the way we speak in the different dialect and, and using y'all, and I have a lot of, a lot of Southern family. From um, Texas, right? No. Not, well, almost Texas, which is just as good in their opinion. Um, Artesia, <laughs> New Mexico, oh, right. which is, is, you know, second best. Um, <laughs> second <laughs> second best. best to Texas. And so okay. my grandma has quite the slang. And I do have a lot of family in texas but they're a little bit more distant and then Mm. my dad was raised in artesia a lot of family in roswell and stuff like that so this is what sets us apart and it gives us character Mm -hmm. and i can have an appreciation for that too um but yeah i think that like that individuality is okay and um and having that particular way that we talk or we have our 
uh, are things that we say. It sets us apart and it allows us to really be us. But yeah. as a person that appreciates English, I do love to read like a good book or a good article where someone is just yeah. really well spoken. And, and it's to me, it's more of it's an art at that point because people are yeah. just people and that's completely set apart. Yeah. But then when I'm reading something yeah. that is, you know, just flows and is very... Mm -hmm. um, technical <laughs> i can appreciate that too is there um i guess for me is, is, i'm curious is that more something that's written really well because i've read things that are just really well written i mean i read a book in a day and it's not like a daily read mm -hmm. it was a longer book and it was on like the development of the rail systems in france england and oh, the u.s riveting right but the, the <laughs> writing <laughs> no but the writing the writing was was good the, the outlining and the the you could see how well it structured it was mm -hmm. and the way it flowed mm -hmm. was so good and no in no way was it like say for example Hemingway right mm -hmm. where I can appreciate there's a, there's a certain level of writing where I'm like that's just poetic and it just pulls at my heart and I just I fall in love with the with the, the writing mm -hmm. for you is it which one is it is it the more the romantic kind of poetic kind of writing or is it the the other one like oh wow that's really well structured and there's like it's a science You're it's everything <laughs> okay okay i am i think we've talked about this before and sure. it'll probably be very common knowledge common moving forward but yeah. um i'm like an over empathizer where mm -hmm. i can um so i can kind of figure out a way to to appreciate where the person writing it was coming from so if somebody i i can appreciate the the nuance of um poetry or something where somebody is speaking um of a, a particular instance in their own life and they're doing it in a way that's just very detailed and poetic mm -hmm. i love that mm -hmm. but i also appreciate a technical writing kind of from from for me mm -hmm. like to read a more technical writing or, or something that's just grammatically spot on yeah. or maybe even like even a political debate i love that it, i love that kind of like speaking in, in a way that is kind of pointed and yeah and the intellect is there and it's sharp and it's quick and it's witty mm -hmm. um i love that too and so i i honestly just think like what the author is putting out there i'm appreciating sure. in one way or another um yeah. but i think i said this the other day that i'm a i'm a terrible book finisher so oh, really? um, like what's the last book you didn't finish I don't even want to say, oh gosh, I've got, I've got two books I'm working on right now yeah. and I've been working on and I'm almost done. We, we spoke about this last time. So this, this tells you, um, how long it takes me. Cause I like to, I like to read and thoroughly understand. So if I take a break for mm -hmm. a week and I'm like, what did I read again? I'll go back and I'll read it again. Oh, so I've read, again. read, I've read and reread the good the first three quarters of the art of not giving a mm -hmm. an F we talked about, which mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that because my kids eventually might listen to this or something sure. or other kids might. Yeah. Um, the art of not, the subtle art of not giving it an F, which mm -hmm. is just a great book. And even if you don't like all the cussing in it, um, it's just a book about uh, how to care about the things that really matter mm -hmm. and how to set boundaries for the things that don't and say, I'm not going to give that my time. Mm -hmm. And um and to recognize that and have the wisdom to recognize that. Um, but because I started reading it, put it down, I came back to read it again, put it down, came back to read it again, yeah. and it just takes me so long. Yeah. Um, so what I'm trying to do is commit to sitting down with an entire book, and if I like <laughs> it, just dog ear it and go back or write notes or whatever because I'm a 
like that perfectionist. I'm like overthinker. So. So you like to study the book. You really want it to sink in. And I like to know about the author, and I want to know about their life, and I want to. So like, you'll do research about them. I go. I get in there. Hmm. I get in there with a lot of things. Um, and then I'm also <laughs> reading a book that my friend gave me called um, Return. I want to say I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, the Return to Love. Okay. Which initially, um, I was like. So I, I spoke of it a little bit last mm-hmm. time and I'll be vague, but I had a, a hard time in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when she gave it to me, she was just very optimistic <coughs> and she said it helped her a lot and she really loved it. And I was like, return to love. Like that sounds sappy and I don't want to mm. read that. And uh, yeah. so I immediately was critical of it. Uh-huh. And I sat down in the first five pages was struck and convicted and crying and definitely um it's just profound because it talks about um it talks about this idea of of uh in essence god and i think she's kind of vague about she's kind of vague about what her perception is of god and i think we can all have our own perception and i have Mm -hmm. mine and you have Mm -hmm. yours and everybody else but um this perception that like god is intrinsically love and that mm-hmm. um that's our purpose and mm-hmm. here is like to love and mm-hmm. um and love like heals everything and love like uh, casts out all fear and 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 it really conquers more than i think we'd like to give it credit for and definitely okay. when i picked up the book more than i wanted to give it credit for <laughs> and not romantic love per se like no, th- there absolutely. is that's included but this is we're talking about um what you know the greek word is agape love which is it's a selfless has nothing to do with emotion it's a love that's a caring giving thing and um and so that's mm-hmm. that challenged me and i was just like dang and i i walked away from five pages i went to a soccer game and i was yeah. just reading this at the soccer game and um and i wound up walking away just being like all right my first five pages were good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to walk away from them. And that's all it was, an introduction in five. And then I just kind of like marinated on that and have read more. But it takes mm-hmm. me time because I like to think about things. Mm-hmm. So I think if I was reading, um, this is really sad, but I think the last books I read for fun were the <laughs> this, the Hunger Games series. Mm-hmm. So that was maybe seven or eight years ago. How, why is it sad? Well, because I think we have to have balance um, and I like to read a lot of, I like to read true stories or stories that are, um, books that are helpful and okay. give me insight and, but they're still for fun, right? Or do you feel like it's true. more work? No, that's true. That's good. That's a good point. Um, no, it's not work, but do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the kind of book that you aren't taking seriously. Okay. You're, you're not like, learning hey, anything. This is like, you're taking, you're taking it's an, adventure. an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what okay. I mean is, is just that. But I even struggle to connect with movies that are adventurous and not realistic. So sci-fis are hard for me yeah. because they couldn't really happen. Uh-huh. So um, I'm just like pragmatic. Sci-fi? To I mean, it depends on the sci-fi. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, give it a good hundred years and, you know. And we'll get there. I mean. Ho- hologram. Holograph? Hologram? Hologram. Hologram. Whatever. Yeah. Depends on the movie. It's coming. We're going to put our cell phones down and like pop up on the other end, you know, at some point. Oh, Very great. Star Trekky. I know. My kids were telling me we were on a flight, and they were, my son's like, "Can we just teleport?" <laughs> you teleport. Just because the waiting, the layovers, and oh, all that. 
you know and that's never fun i'm like no dude this is part of it yeah (laughs) it sucks but and when you're a kid there's no perspective for how to enjoy all that that's like the journey well it's all the journey i love people watching Mm -hmm. i like the idea of airports and and being you know i i I said something that was way too deep for them and kind of made it funny um for them to really understand but we were in salt lake with our layover I was doing some work on my computer and they were just eating their food at McDonald's, you know. And uh, my my daughter asked, why why is everyone coming here to eat at McDonald's? Why do they come to the airport to eat at McDonald's? <laughs> so I was explaining to her that other people have other flights and they have layovers. And, and it's kind of neat how people just kind of come in and you'll see them. Like you'll interact with them because to the extent that you have to walk around with them. Every, all of a sudden, everyone just falls into, like, the system and institution of just, like, they know the rules they to follow, and mm-hmm. everyone follows them, and then they get on their way just to get to their destination. Like, these invisible... Nobody writes the rules on the wall. Right. You just kind of fall into it. And uh, it's this kind of really pretty dance that people do, choreograph- choreographed dance that you don't realize you're doing, and you're never going to see these people again. Like, you may, you may like cross paths in an airport again not realizing it mm-hmm. but you're really never going to see these people again that's crazy right and the idea to me that you can say hi and bye to somebody and then never again mm-hmm. is kind of um it's kind of neat it's kind of weird kind of sad yeah but it's um i love it i yeah. for me i love it and they they say i said and everyone's just eating here at mcdonald's right because nobody eats mcdonald's in their regular life but you go to McDonald's at the airport because you know what to get. You're going to get. I mean, it's 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 convenient. <laughs> sure. It's probably cheaper than some other airport food, although I'm sure they jack up the prices. I don't know that I've seen a McDonald's at an airport. Okay. Where have I, I been? Really? I don't Every travel a lot, though. airport. Really? Yeah. But not the, not do you the do Albuquerque a, do you airport. Do, no, oh, you're right. They don't have that, and oh. they don't have a Starbucks, and I know that because I like <laughs> well, it's it's fine. I'm thinking we'll survive. I'm sure they'll get a Starbucks eventually. But do you get a, do you do more direct flights? Flights is that what it is? Because what I think the only time you go to really any you you choosingly eat at an airport is because you have a layover. Probably. I, I'm not gonna go to the airport and be like, you don't want to just grab some food at the airport. Oh gosh! Now I have a goal. I like want to open up a restaurant that's amazing, and everybody goes to the airport for. Um, and no, you can watch the planes. Think and, about that. And it's hard because do you remember when um, when Albuquerque, well, when any airport, when the security wasn't as intense? Mm-hmm. So I could go and walk my dad to his gate mm-hmm. when he was leaving on a mm-hmm. flight. And then mm-hmm. after nine eleven, everything changed so drastically that. Mm-hmm. Now there's a whole set of security. So you're not in the main concourse of the airport or the lobby of the airport. There's only one restaurant outside mm-hmm. um, in the Albuquerque airport. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's any good. I think it's a Mexican food restaurant. I don't think it's so any good. Probably, probably Who not. Knows? But um, but it is kind of funny, this, that, yeah, the McDonald's thing. I, I will be honest. I'm That is probably my, I've done it less recently, but my rare treat of like, that burger is just good at mcdonald's (laughs) and it's like a consistent thing that i know if i want to have a splurge meal i know i'm going to enjoy it Mm -hmm. burger one cheeseburger i take off like the top because i don't do a lot of gluten um i try not to do a lot of you do like open face burger i do and i think it's better and Uh like a small fry and a small coke and i'm like that is just a trusty 
if I'm going to have a splurge meal, that is a trusty splurge meal. It's a good, yeah. It's what yeah. I had last night, actually. Yeah. So kind of uh. get it. And it's like the forbidden thing. Like you don't admit that, you know, to most people. Like you don't, you don't say, I get McDonald's. That's like a <laughs> terrible thing. Mm. But um, but I'm, it's a real thing mm-hmm. and it's very delicious. So if I went to an airport and I didn't know what to eat, I'd totally get down on mcdonald's for sure well i mean i guess you're fortunate enough not to have eaten at a mcdonald's in the airport <laughs> which is good which is a good thing i don't i wouldn't be bragging about you know about it i haven't done it <clears throat> yeah you're good you're fortunate that's funny yeah yeah but i haven't you you asked if i take a lot of direct flights i just don't take a lot of flights because i've been like my i've been a mom i've been like saturated in mom life you know so um yeah. and, and when you have kids it's very expensive to fly with them Mm-hmm. So we've done some flights, you know, with the kids, but not a ton. And then outside of that, um, hadn't done a lot of travel either. Like mm-hmm. just. Have you been out of the country? No. Really? Isn't that crazy? Well, no. I mean, I, mean, I think it's pretty a common. A lot of people. Ha- I mean, I feel like most people I know have. Okay. But I sometimes will run across people and I realize it can be pretty common. But I've also just had other priorities. And it's not that I mm-hmm. don't want to see things. I have definitely kind of a bucket list. Mm-hmm. Um, I My sister went to New Zealand this last year and sent mm. me mean. She was so mean. She was just sending me like snaps and videos of mid-century furniture galore. And it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it's all stuff that's more localized mm-hmm. around that area. And so it's... It wasn't really producing anywhere. Very, yeah. And yeah. so it's just there. And um, and they're in abundance. Whereas mm-hmm. here, like, we're all scrounging <laughs> for good mid- mid-century furniture. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely would love to go to New Zealand. And even prior to hearing about, um, the, you know, all of her mid-century experiences, mm-hmm. I just have always had to draw to go there for some reason. So New Zealand. I don't know why. And it might have started because, yeah. you know, back in the day when they did a lot of filming for Lord of the Rings. You just thought it was very beautiful. I just thought it was gorgeous. And I was like, I just want to go there. That's where I Mm -hmm. I definitely want to go someday. So that's on the bucket list for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, New Zealand. So just hanging out with your kids right now. Yeah. And you're, I mean, you're getting close to being done. Do you feel like you are? (laughs) With kids? With having kids? Yeah. I mean, do you see Um, yourself having Oh, oh no. And actually I I can't, I can't have kids. So, um. I know. Good. No, yeah. no, no. It's, you're, you're, are you sad about it? So there's this weird thing about, um, like, I feel like life opens and closes doors for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, um, I had kids really young. Yeah. And I, I had my daughter when I was 20. Well, 20 minutes before my 20th birthday or 30 minutes before my 20th birthday. So 20. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, had... Asher and and now he's going to be eleven and then Cannon and he's going to be nine. Wow. Um. So I have older. The older youngest kids. is nine. Yeah. Yeah. And and genuinely, like, I did not miss out on. You know, I didn't. I wasn't one of those people that was like, man, all my friends are out there partying, and you know, I just, mm-hmm. I really have enjoyed motherhood, um, solidly. And uh, and then I and then I wound up having kids really young, and not all of them were necessarily <laughs> planned. Um. And then at 20 let's see what time when did i have canon i was uh 26 mm-hmm. um pretty much self-diagnosed with endometriosis just kind of looking through symptoms and it was dormant since i was pregnant mm. so frequently um mm-hmm. and then it was dormant and i then it came back after i had canon and it was just 
uh, excruciating, awful, really? awful pain. I've never, and I've, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. Mm-hmm. And um, so I self-diagnosed and went the natural route. Because what happens with that is they kind of, they can open you up and go in and they kind of clear it out and they sort of like laser it all in there but it'll grow back because endometriosis cells are like cancer cells so it just grows and it's it's an irregular growth of tissue that shouldn't be occurring and then your body should break it down but that's where an autoimmune kind of thing comes in and Mm -hmm. so my physiological body it's it's interesting to watch how my autoimmune issues and my endometriosis issues probably manifested around emotional difficulty and trauma in my life Mm. so um i think there's a lot to that yeah i and i've I've been reading a lot about it too Mm -hmm. um just the long-term exposure to flight and fight chemicals oh yeah and recognizing that it's that's not natural for your body to go through and Mm -hmm. the things that that causes and a lot of autoimmune issues come out of um traumatic like yeah and long-term exposure to, to difficulty. And, Which is, and I mean, everyone says, well, I don't know what's going on. And everyone's like, oh, it must be the stress, right? Mm-hmm. And stress, I mean, even short-term stress will do crazy things to your yeah. body, to your stomach. I mean, to all of it, right? And yeah. it's, uh, it, I mean, it makes absolute sense. Yeah. So that's not in the cars for you anytime soon then. That's good. No, it is. I, I mean, it's good, to be, it's good to be done because you have, I mean, how old... Can I ask how old you'll be when your youngest is 18? I will be, let's see, Have you done the math? nine now. So I will be 41. Yeah. 41, 42. Yeah. So he'll be 445. You'll be like, oh. I mean, you're never done being a parent, but don't get me wrong, but like, you'll be done. I really enjoyed it and yeah. I and I do see the benefit to both sides and I, I have friends now that are just now starting a family and I, mm. love, I love it and yeah. the excitement you can see. And then, but I just liked being a young mom. I had energy for them and I really Absolutely. had a heart for it. So yeah. um, I stayed home with them and, and mm-hmm. got to homeschool them and make that my my sole priority. And it's and it really still is. And that's a pull that's very hard for me now working a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so hard. It's hard to be a working mom. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's hard to split your time. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man... I did not want to put my kids in daycare because I didn't want to miss any of the firsts. Um, That's why you homeschool too, right? A big part of it? It No. I mean, well, initially, well, no, not really a lot even. Oh. Um, because while I loved that aspect of it, we mm-hmm. wanted to do what was best for them. Mm. Um, and so it wasn't just like a let's homeschool so we can always be together. That wasn't the goal at all. It, it's, it's a perk and it's nice if that's kind of the direction you're kind of led to be in Mm -hmm. but um but maddie was just she excelled at learning and school and reading and all of that and she was very high energy and so um she's kind of rolling around and like goofing around while we're reading stories and she can read very fluently um but you know in in a in kindergarten they're learning a letter a week and letter sounds and letter blends and all of that kind of a little bit more slowly and I just told um I told Jesse at the time I was like hey I don't know how you're feeling but they just went from a half day in kindergarten remember when they used to do that Mm -hmm. half days Mm -hmm. you could pick a or Mm p.m they went from a half half day to a full day and she's high energy and she's already reading and so maybe just Mm -hmm. this first year first year we homeschool Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. and it just went amazing Mm -hmm. and because she excelled she just went right through that year and um and it took you know an hour and a half 
each day and I would sit down with her and 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 pretty soon she's doing all of her own work and knows how to guide herself and now she's there in public school and now she's in eighth grade and she's got straight A's and she really mm-hmm. knows how to drive and push herself in a way that a lot of kids don't get that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that benefit of having a lot of that singular attention and understanding um, more of that character aspect of it of yeah. hey this is just material to learn but if you can have the drive to learn this you can have the drive to learn anything and information is everywhere yeah you want to learn something go to youtube oh you want to yeah. learn something go to the, hit the internet That's you how can I be how to work in my car yeah. yeah and it and it reminds me of um i think of this frequently because i'm you know in my life at a crossroads of, of like what am i going to do and i have several opportunities and i want to continue to do allo but i'm a single mom and so i have to think about a lot more substantial future means and so i think about this quite frequently where i'm like you know what am i do and and which one of these opportunities do i pick and the primary thing is, is this best for my family? Mm-hmm. Is this best for my kids? So yes, pr- yes, um, providing. Mm-hmm. But am I going to be spent at the end of the day? Am mm-hmm. I going to have energy for them? Am I going to have t- time for them? Is it going to be flexible so that they understand when my kids are sick and I need to take a day off? That mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about Catch Me If You Can with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. I And I love that movie. Yeah. But everything he did, and he was so... Yeah. He was accomplished and he was self-taught like mm-hmm. he he took the boards and he was a doctor mm-hmm. and then he learned how to be a pilot and they had the hardest time catching this guy because he wasn't just fitting himself into these low-end jobs he was fitting himself into some incredible mm-hmm. um like you know social classes and and these classes of things that he just self-taught he mm-hmm. just self-taught. he did the, the drive to do it and back then information wasn't even really accessible so he really he you, really did it he really yeah. had to want to <clears throat> mm-hmm. and to evade them for so long um so uh, i think about that and i'm like you can do anything you want to do and i and that's what i you know tell my kids you can do anything you want to do you just have to you have to figure out a way to 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 learn what you want to and the way that you want to learn it and decide whether or not you want to master that you can be the best or you can just skim by and whatever and all Mm -hmm. of those life choices are theirs um Mm -hmm. and hopefully the direction and the guidance from what you know i have put in we have put in is there but um but yeah i wasn't gonna homeschool like i I just was like but i loved i loved the curriculum Mm -hmm. i liked the fact that we weren't just working on education. We yeah. were working on academics. Yes, those things were there and they're mastered before we moved on with our day. But we're working on social skills and personal skills and heart matters and yeah. learning how to to love the world. Because it doesn't matter how good you are at a job. If you're a jerk, well, then nobody wants to be around you. Mm-hmm. So you have to be nice and learn how to deal with people. And, and so it's yeah, interesting mean, to see them do that. We talked about, we had a conversation at one point about... Um, how empathetic you are i think and how you tend you think a lot you think yeah. things through a lot and you spiral mm-hmm. right and yeah I oh do, i, do, and I, I do get the same deep. thing right yeah do you think that you have you always been that way or do you think that the fact that you were able to kind of work on those things with your children as their instructor not just as their mother mm-hmm. really kind of taught you how to how to be that with others i mean and, and i'll say this I feel like I being a parent really helped me amplify that. Yeah. I think it helps to kind of clarify. Well, let me let me bend it back up. I do mm-hmm. think that's part of my natural tendency because I grew mm-hmm. up being 
um, like a highly convicted child. Like um, I wanted to do right by people. And Mm -hmm. when I didn't, I felt that an apology was necessary and I would give one. And um, and I would like uh, I was like honest, honest, honest. Like everything I did wrong, my mom knew. And I also had very approachable parents because Mm -hmm. they were just um, they were unshockable. And they were just like, what did you do? Okay. So there are natural consequences for that. Or here is a consequence. But I'm really proud of you for telling me the truth. And it just harvested this this really beautiful relationship that I still have with my parents of just being like, here's what's going on in my life. Here's what's going on in my heart. And knowing that they're a safe place and they've never with, withheld love from me. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're honest as well. Like, they're, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard to get through or whatever, but very honest. Um, so I've always just been a, a pretty, uh, like a perfectionist. And I hate to say that because it's mm. like, I hate that word because I'm Why? like overcoming it. It yeah. was p- perfectionism. I used to think was a good thing. I used to think, and I, mm. I think it mm-hmm. for a while even defined me in that I loved organization and I liked my house to be clean. And I think that, mm-hmm. um, you know, my 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 ex husband kind of I think valued that, and his mom was like that. And I think that that kind of defined me for a little while and my ability to keep my house clean and whatnot. But oh, perfectionism okay. is like, um, that's a lot of pressure. And it's unnecessary because on yourself, right? Well, we're yeah. human. Uh-huh. We're human, and so I think that um, I was always just a very ca- a careful kid and very highly convicted. And I felt like I was kind of a, a beyond my years, and that I kind of wanted to hang out with my parents and their friends rather than kids my age. I was like a no nonsense kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I, I was kind of introverted, and um, and at the same time did gymnastics and also did cheerleading, which is a weird for, to be like a kind of a natural introvert. But mm-hmm. all my friends would go out and do things, and I was okay to be at home. I do was you, okay. Do you get labeled? I mean, as an extrovert a lot because I know I do, and I don't feel that way. But. It's it's very interesting, and uh, I love these the local guys on Star Eighty Eight, and a, um, a friend of mine is one of the 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 morning show guys there, and they talk about mm-hmm. that because um, one of them really identifies as an introvert. But when you're talking, when you're on radio, right, it it feels like a very public thing mm-hmm. to people that are listening because it's a very yeah. public thing. Yeah. But right now we're just sitting across the table it's talking. Just, we're just hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that's the same thing with Instagram and with my social media. And I do try to connect and I've gotten, a, I've gotten kind of bad about being personal um, on my stories lately, which I used to kind of, I, I used to like intentionally kind of expose, but I feel I feel a little bit more private now and protective of myself and my life. And I think that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am cautious. Um, yeah. So, so to go back though, I, th- I honestly just think I'm naturally inclined to be that way. And then being in, in parenthood, it, it does change you and you evaluate a lot of things. And I was already just, um, I felt like I was just kind of like ready for marriage. I knew it could be hard. Um, I knew it would be hard. Yeah. Um, I was willing to, there are times where no matter how great a relationship is or how hard uh, or how much you love a person or how much they love you, whatever, like mm-hmm. that you can have a blissful relationship. You're going to have hard times too mm-hmm. because then there are just things out of our, our control and circumstances out of our control. Yeah. So I feel like I was ready for that, ready for parenthood and, and all of that. But, um, but there is just a different, a deeper level of harvesting the hearts of young children because they're going to be 
adults someday and they're on their way to becoming adults and they're influencing right now their friends and maybe Mm -hmm. their teachers even um but then you know we have a big responsibility to um yeah okay i want you to have a good job that'll take care of you but i really want you to be responsible for not being you know a person that you know causes a lot of destruction like i want i want my kids to be um profound in their own way and that's not to put pressure on them it's just like generally (laughs) saying to them like um like little questions and and letting them know it's okay to be human but Mm -hmm. little questions like hey did you do something nice i've been asking um I've been asking, did you do something nice for someone today? And it's oh, and sweet. it's not a big thing. That's not mm-hmm. like a well, why didn't you? You know, it's there's not a lot of pressure on it. <laughs> it's just a reminder that we are very tunnel visioned and we're mm. very um, attention focused on ourselves and what we need to do, which is great because mm-hmm. that makes us uh, analyze and change in the way that we need to and shift in the way that we need to. But but there's a whole big world out there and mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that need to know that that you care about them and that uh not everybody is like reachable but there's this this ripple effect of influencing one person that influences more people that mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. it's this ripple effect of generating um kindness in your family first and your close friendships next and then that moves its way out into a community and so that's kind of the, that's kind of the goal and 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 all that yeah (laughs) i think i kind of answered the question no no i think you did i mean i think it's a big part of is that just you know i i I identify a lot with what you said in the in the sense that like i uh i also grew up kind of hanging out with the adults a little bit more i felt kind of not really connected with people my age Mm -hmm. um not because i didn't want to but i i felt a lot growing up Mm -hmm. i always felt really deeply and i felt a lot of feelings in general and it did um there was kind of I don't know if it was a lack of innocence but I felt like maybe it was an awareness that I had that a lot of people my age didn't have so I would think things and I think that's I mean I've carried that into my to now you know and the idea of perfectionism for me Mm -hmm. it served me well for a long time because I I did a lot of stuff you know and I did a lot of stuff well Mm -hmm. and it's it's definitely served its purpose um it hasn't been until like recent years that i really had to learn how to be soft and gentle with myself and allow myself like you said to be human Mm -hmm. right and um those really stop ignoring those feelings of just the fact that like it's it's a stressful thing to want to be a perfectionist and it, it, is. it drains you and it just mm-hmm. it's not a fun place to be it's not and i, I my third kiddo mm-hmm. really broke me of that because mm-hmm. you can hold it all together your house can be pretty pristine you know and mm-hmm. all of that when you have one two kids oh. but when you have three i was a three stay-at-home mom i did daycare for a little while too so i could stay home and yeah um at that time i did not do any design and i would kind of take in pieces here and there but it wasn't it wasn't really mm-hmm. a full-time thing but mm-hmm. my responsibility was to um was to to the kids was yeah. to my kiddos and so um and so yeah like i i do think that can you know uh that perfectionism is really just a, it's a killer of personality and mm-hmm. and maybe 
and I, and I will say that maybe that is part of it's a profound part of certain people's personalities but it shouldn't be what completely defines them yeah. and we need perfectionists that people mm-hmm. are geared toward that and there are, mm-hmm. there are definitely places where that's a necessity and it's appreciated but mm-hmm. it is hard not to be hard on yourself <coughs> and I remember like yeah. my, my first therapist said to me um, hey Taya you know you do know that if you mess up that's being human and that doesn't make you a bad person because I don't think you have that bed person gene like you don't have that in you mm-hmm. that's just if you mess up like you mess up and it could be something small but I just would feel like guilt so much and mm-hmm. it is hard to be graceful with yourself it, I find it's a lot easier to be graceful with other people than it is for mm. me to be graceful with myself but mm-hmm. the other day and so that thing we we're just talking about like, I think life kind of brings the, the the things that you need when you need them but mm-hmm. I was just kind of going about my day recently and I was having a really tough time struggling with um I like to understand why things have taken place and sometimes those answers don't come mm-hmm. um and so I was just like kind of taking those those moments to myself and I'm like um like praying about it and stuff and I was like the, there's this verse that says that you know be at peace with all men and it mm-hmm. came to my mind and I was like could be at peace with all men and and that's possible that's possible to be peaceful with everyone and to find um, to find balance and 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 like a genuine dysfunction free existence and not even that but just love for everybody um, but that starts with you because mm. you can't you can't even give that if you're not forgiving and gentle with yourself and if you can't find peace with yourself that Mm -hmm. absolutely starts with you Mm -hmm. and that because I started thinking about it first I was like okay be at peace with all men I can do that I mean I really think I can do that but then I honestly just felt this pull back into myself like this starts with you right now this is this is that you need to be focusing here on you finding peace in yourself and and finding forgiveness in yourself and, yeah. and understanding that before you can kind of ripple that outward. But I'm terrible at being graceful on myself. Mm. And I and I also assume a lot of responsibility that isn't mine because, yeah. you know, sometimes that's just... You take on can, it. Yeah, so yeah. it's just differentiating that. And, yeah. and so I get you. Yeah, I mean, it can be really hard to do that. And it's... Um, I mean, where does one start, right? Where does one start being gentle with oneself? It's very easy to kind of, I tell people all the time, well, you know, if people do something to me or whatever, I'm very quick to want to see their side. Mm -hmm. Yes. And friends (laughs) tell me all the time, no, they're just an Mm a-hole. You know, just, you know, they're just expletive, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, maybe they just went through a difficult time and... And I just really excuse it. Sometimes it's yep. just bad behavior, but yeah. I really want to excuse it. And I don't know what it is about me that I want to do that. But you're right. The second that it comes to me, I'm just like, I'm a horrible piece person. You know, I did, um, I didn't, I did something, you know, I didn't, I'm, I'll make up something like I yeah. did, I did this. It was my fault. How can I fix it? Yeah. And the idea that like, I want to make it better is always there. Mm-hmm. And it's again the, the feeling like out of control. And I also kind of feel like I do feel like to some degree, um, because I'm very empathetic to the same thing of making making excuses for people. And I've I've had to learn I've had to learn how to say this this can no longer this person is just doesn't care mm-hmm. you know so this is not something I can mm-hmm. any longer say well but 
their childhood or whatever. But, and yeah, but, but, there yeah. are reasons, and I can understand that, but also have respect for myself and my mm-hmm. my um my my little sphere here of, mm-hmm. of of life and how I get to to choose how to be respected and treated and stuff like that. But but I, I was thinking about that too because um. I do think that part of the difficulty is like um, holding on to bitterness that we may not recognize is there. Mm. I actually think that kind of makes it harder for us to forgive ourselves too. Um, because mm, okay, Bitter- like, bitterness towards others makes it difficult for us to figure ourselves. Yeah. So I was okay. <laughs> thinking about that because I, I, um, like I can recognize a seed of bitterness, like an ongoing seed of bitterness in my life. But, okay. um, but that bitterness, like almost kind of makes me feel like, well, if that person is so terrible, it's hard for me to forgive them. Like, mm-hmm. and I know, you know, I know myself, I know, um, you know, my missteps, it's, it's hard for me to forgive those as well. Cause you kind of like mm-hmm. villainize a certain aspect of someone or a certain situation. And mm-hmm. then like, I feel like if human nature is human, like we have to recognize that we're, we're just as human as everybody else. And so, mm-hmm. um, that, that, I think that's what makes it hard to forgive is like, you're going to mess up and you're going to mess up again. And then you're going to mm-hmm. mess up again mm-hmm. and again and again, because that's how we learn. And mm-hmm. that's how we get honest with ourselves. So that's re- like the real thing is like, I mess up and they mess up too. And so I, I'm quick to understand where a person is coming from, but I do struggle with that ultimate forgiveness of just like, um, especially if they don't ask for it <laughs> mm. and depending on the degree of, yeah. of difficulty and pain that was caused. <laughs> um, I think I posted that the other day or, okay. or last night, just something sure. about, um, uh, we have a difficult time, um, like forgiving if somebody hasn't asked for it, but it's necessary, but it's like a profound thing to like, yeah. somebody in your life has done something. They're not sorry. You may never oh, get that apology. I did see this. I know yeah, about. you may never get that apology. Yeah. But um but it's it's a profound thing to be able to forgive anyway, and that's really for you. But it I'm I can see where you're coming from. I will uh I used to, I'm gonna say, I used to do this thing where I would see where a person was coming from and empathize with why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. But the fact that that hurt me so much was still that seed of bitterness that I just couldn't really get to go away. Mm-hmm. So that's really like an element and a root of unforgiveness. Absolutely. So I had to deal with that and also in myself because so we're sense. so human and you're human and you mm-hmm. mess up myself, that root and that seed. And then that same like element of like, if I caused pain to someone is still a root and a seed in me as well. Does that kind of make sense? It makes sense because Hopefully. I feel like I feel, I mean, it made sense. I think I have a breakthrough, Yeah. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> I, um, you know, I, I think it was kind of this idea. Of, I have this issue with, um, and I, um, I tend to f- feel like people, when people break my trust and, um, I, 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 put myself in situations or in relationships where people um, with people or individuals that will hurt me because I, or that will ignore my emotions or feelings about a situation mm-hmm. because I, I, well, I used to believe that they would, that I didn't, my emotions didn't matter mm. because everyone's just looking out for themselves. Yeah. Right. And so everyone's just looking out for themselves. So I'd get with these people or I get into these situations and friendships or whatever where 
people would just disregard me. They would, would do what they wanted to do. Everything was on their path and everything was on their terms because I didn't believe that well, my feelings mattered. Yeah. Right. So to an extent, what you're saying makes so much sense because me forgiving them and, you know, which is necessary, but me kind of looking at it to excusing their behavior mm-hmm. is almost me doing the same thing to myself. Yeah. And right. I, and yeah. just ignoring my feelings and being like, oh, they don't they don't matter. Yeah. My feelings don't matter. Yeah. It's like uh, you have to recognize that as a person, if somebody is capable of, of, of hurting you or doing a selfish deed, like we all are. Mm-hmm. And so like if you cannot forgive a person for their deed and their root, that root of that deed, then, you know, well, I'm, I'm just as selfish in certain areas and how can I forgive that? And so there really is a lot of like, it's again, it starts with, I think it starts with you. Mm-hmm. And once you recognize that, like um that living in that honesty um it allows you to to heal and then you ripple that out and allowing that bitterness seed in someone else in relationship with someone else to heal because truly like i i genuinely just don't want any mm-hmm. bitterness or anger or animosity in my life like i mm-hmm. gen i genuinely do not and even people who have wronged me i'm like man i can just be happy like i can just be happy for you I can just be happy or happy. I can be happy that, um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want you just to be happy. I want you to be healthy. Mm-hmm. I want people to be healthy. So that's the ultimate, right? Like mm-hmm. happiness is great, but you can mm-hmm. lie to yourself and live in a lot of superficiality and a lot of um, things that don't really matter and be pretty happy and pretty blissful. But mm-hmm. I genuinely just want people to be, you know, healthy. And yeah. and so, um, yeah. I get that. I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. But I think that ultimately it comes down to just to analyzing every situation differently. Because there, yeah. there are people that really deserve a, a bunch of chances because they're just amazing. Mm-hmm. And they have a good heart. And maybe they're just really broken and they have mm-hmm. some hardship right now. But they really mean well. Mm-hmm. And I think that honestly there are certain situations where you should keep giving and then there are other situations where you can't and you have to recognize that this person is either starting to make changes and I'm seeing development or this person does not give a crap Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Mm -hmm. they don't deserve this time I'm giving them and if they do decide to to tender up and be a person that can absorb some of this then absolutely I will come back and having that open heart too but there's there's really a definitely uh, you have to make that differentiation that distinction between a particular situations and being honest with yourself in that mm-hmm. that it took me a long time to be honest about it because the excuses were there and mm-hmm. and um but yeah relationships are hard but life is made mm-hmm. for relationships yeah it's absolutely, truly absolutely made true my uh you know my sponsor tells me all the time you know how you get good at relationships it's being in them by doing them yeah so scary you're like oh no (laughs) i'm learning forever (laughs) i'm Mm. learning to like not just be in relationships for other people but to allow myself to be in relationships for me Mm. um too because it's it is it's very crucial and in some of the the healing that i have to go through is to learn to like trust people again and Mm -hmm. and all of that and so it's a it's a great journey but it's super cool it's super cool i wouldn't change any of it well we're documenting a bit of this journey we are once a month. also you sat down with me and you were like what are we going to talk about and i said i have no clue mm-hmm. because we've been talking about doing this for f- three or four months now for a while 
it's a little while. So um, I, I feel like uh, I sometimes have spontaneous moments of, of direction, but ultimately I think that my inclination with what we do here is just, it, this is life. Like this is just, we're yeah. just doing life. So if it's, we're talking about um, like genuinely, I was like, I just want to talk about how evil I think cats are, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't want to offend cat people. Cause I actually really like them. I think they're cool, but they're, schizophrenic they don't oh, no. they can't make up their mind absolutely um, I, so, I don't disagree with you there like but i but i love them and i think they're unique and like yesterday i, I was trying to pet one. i played with a cat yesterday and they're fine this cat was awesome listen i tried to play with this cat this neighborhood this neighborhood cat yeah. named pan and he was kind of out and bugging when we were doing our work and um i was like he's beautiful and i started petting him and he was purring and his little tail was wagging and then Wagging. Is that the right? Do cats wag? They like know, they slither. Sway, they, sway. they slither their tail. Just wag. Can you and imagine? He's black and his eyes are beautiful and green. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. just like, he's got this swagger. Like, you know, he knows that he's mm-hmm. pretty cute. Um, I was petting him and I'm so allergic. I knew I'd have to wash my hands immediately. But he oh. just, he loves it, loves it, loves it. And then he reaches up and like whack, like snags my arm with his. No and way. I was like, dude, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? And how do people live with these things? Because it's like, you don't know if they're going to smother you. <laughs> Did he know? Okay. So I'm just going to so shut well, this before we sign off. <laughs> but the reason, do you ever catch a cat? I mean, you don't, you're allergic, so I don't know if you have. You ever catch, wake up with a cat staring right in your face? No. I, well, they do that. Children do that, too. And so, <laughs> right. So we both know. I do know this. But with cats, they do that because they want to check to see if, they're, if you're breathing because they're waiting to eat you. No. Yeah. That, I mean, That's are true. you sure? I'm positive. We should verify. Oh, no. Send me. Okay. Yeah. They're waiting to oh eat you. God. Yeah, because cats are carnivores. They don't really care about what they're eating. They just want to eat meat. Are there stories of cats that eat their owners after death? Mm-hmm. We're going to have to save this for this next time. This is a common thing. This is okay. Next podcast is cats, guys. Mm. Right? Maybe. They'll scratch at your face. Oscar's giving me a look. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.